also, I think that's the benefit of the Krakoan era, is that you have all of these mutants who are all over the place, and, like, you can just have them pop up and show up in random books. And it's like, I don't think you really have to make a big deal about it anymore. It's just kind of like, uh-huh. oh, what you doing? Come help us on our mission. Like, Shatterstar's there. Why is Shatterstar there? Because Rick I was going to ask. Hey, what is he doing? He hanging out with his boyfriend. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it, it is like, why not? Like, I'm on this island of mutants, and, like, you on a mission? Sure, yeah, let me go along with you, because what else are we doing? Um, yeah. So that was kind of fun to see. Uh, Betsy's got a little bit of her. to another relaunch. Do we still have to say our name? Like, do I still have to introduce myself as Keenan? I feel like people know You want to be right? somebody else? Yeah, you want to be somebody else. Who you want to be? I can be Jacques. I'm going to be Jacques. Okay. And I am going to be um, uh, Eric Maximoff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or Lyncher. I like his, I like Lyncher, actually. Yeah. Why does he have two different? What what what's the he story with name. the two last names? You know. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Shout out to him. Okay, welcome back to another. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing this week? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I started watching um, Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol this morning, and. Okay. That was how was it? Was is really it really as good as people say? Because I've seen people like it won an Emmy, I think. Yeah, I mean, like it's a really good show. So I think uh, the a good comparison is obviously Titans, because you know they kind of started on the same networks together. But I think the thing that really turned people off from Titans was how dark it was. It was like really like kind of cheap, kind of dark. It changed all these characters. It made them very like gritty and grimy, and it was like, oh, this is depressing. Doom Patrol completely goes the opposite way. It embraces the weirdness of it. It's very fun. It's it's and it's like it does get deep with the characters a lot, but um, it's good. The guy who plays Cyborg is really good. The girl who plays Jane, uh, Diane Guerrero, I think she is amazing because oh. you know the character Jane has. Home girl from uh, Orange is the New Black. Yes, exactly. Um, she's got like 99 personalities or whatever in her body, and like so obviously her character has to switch between the different personalities, and like she does it fantastically. Like it's really good acting on her part. So this new season started. Uh, the first episode kind of had like some horror vibes. It's October, Halloween's right around the corner. So I'm like on a horror kick right now, obviously. And then Michelle Gomez is also appearing in this season. Oh, okay. And she's good. And Brendan Fraser's in it. And like Brendan Fraser got like a really bad rap in Hollywood and he was done pretty bad, but I think he's amazing. And he does a really good job yeah. as the robot, man. He's funny. So it's, it's, it's a good show. I, I like recommend it. I like at least try out the first season. It's weird. But I feel like Doom Patrol is weird. That's fair. Um, I haven't really watched so. it. I don't know if Doom Patrol is like, I never really gotten into that team, like in the comics either. I only know about them as like, you know, that's where Beast Boy started. And before he yeah. left and became a Titan. And I, and I guess that's also another thing. It's like, 
to really get into Doom Patrol, it's you have to kind of be into Doom Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I finished Castlevania. Oh. Yeah, it was good. I will say that, okay, season three was not as good as the other first two oh, seasons. Season, season three was bad. Yeah, it was like, now the animation and stuff was good. I thought the Carmilla fight at the end was like a little rushed because like she was just kind of running and slashing and stuff. But um, season four was very much, hey, this is the end. <laughs> so like, let's just we give them, let's give them what they want what they want to see because like, we Cypher, went out with the bang cypher worked C- like <laughs> cypher baby like the, the the scene where she um she like hit did the ice on the spears and then she heated it up and so like they went out and killed the monsters everything when she started uh, manifesting electricity electricity everything. oh my gosh i was like this is the it doll, <laughs> the doll worked work. um you know there's gonna be a sequel to it as well oh i didn't know that yeah, it's going to be about the son that she's pregnant with. Oh, okay. I'm going to tap yeah, in, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think I might. Ready it's very yeah. exciting. Very exciting. Um, and speaking of exciting things, let's go ahead and get to these comics of the week. So, first up on our list, oh, I didn't read this. Captain Marvel number 33. And this okay. is still written by Kelly Thompson, I assume. And um, who's doing the art? Is it still yes, the garbage? the art is... No, the artist changed to uh, Sergio Davila. He did the last issue. He's been doing the this last of the Marvels um, arc. I think he, I don't know if he's gonna do the whole thing, but uh, so far he's been doing it. And amazing job. I really enjoy the art in this. Um, it's very like action packed. Again, this last of the Marvels arc for me has been a lot of fun. If there's one thing I love to see, is superheroes like using their powers and like just doing some stuff and the last issue was about this uh dark captain marvel who she fought and she took the suit by the end of the issue she took the suit off them we learned that it was actually a philavelle from the guardians of the galaxy who was actually in the suit um so she tries to figure out okay well are the other marvels i mean are the other suits like marvel related like what's going on because she found out that ms marvel was being attacked by them and also a suit was like being put on them these suits are made of this like goo kind of whatever so like it like creeps on you kind of like a venom stuff like a a symbiote kind of thing where this creeps up on you or whatever if it gets on you and lucky enough she got she got ms marvel away in this issue and tried to fly away but the other ones were too fast for her and she's been having to fight off this issue is basically her fighting off four dark captain marvels and Mm. Uh, she uses her photon eye blast again, and she was like, you know, I didn't like using this before, but it kind of worked last time, and I don't like being blind, but I got to use it. And mm-hmm. um, Ms. Marvel wakes up. They have a cute little team-up, which is fun. And uh, one of the dark Captain Marvels starts to, like, glow blue, and it's Spectrum, and she's coming out it of it like using Monica. her energy powers. Yeah, it was Monica. And uh, she's like, she knows that Carol can absorb energy, so she, like, tried to escape the suit in her energy form, and she touched Carol, and, like, instantly Carol got this information of, like, these coordinates, and then Carol, I mean, Monica had to go back into the suit and had to fight Carol again. So she's, like, trying to get away, and uh, ultimately she calls her sister uh, the Mm -hmm. accuser, and her sister Mm -hmm. was able to take 
uh, Ms. Marvel away and get her out of here, get her free, take her to Tony Stark, who was able to help previously get the suits off. So uh, she takes her to Ms. Marvel. He's like, hey, can you like help get a little bit of the suit off from her? And of course, Iron Man is like, yes, I can do that. But like, where's Carol? And uh, L'Oreal's like, yeah, she told me not to worry about it, that she was going to take care of it. And just be here to help out. And she was, and Tony was like, you didn't want to help her. Like she didn't give us coordinates of where she was going or anything. She's going to just run off and do this by herself. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> L'Oreal's was like, she said she would call us if she needed us. And I thought that was a cute moment to show you that like Carol sometimes can be really stubborn if she's like, she's like sometimes. wants to prevent anything from getting, from getting worse. Um, so she ends up going to the coordinates that Monica gave her. And mm-hmm. it is actually where Vox Supreme is. But it turns out that Vox has taken anyone who with the kind of the Marvel name, as well as uh, he looks like he resurrected Guinness Bell. Oh, wow. And uh, during, during the previous fight that she was having with these other three, she kept trying to call for help to any Avengers that could come and help her. And Spider-Woman showed up, as well as... Um, uh, I can't think of her name right now. She was in Young Avengers. I mean, uh, the new, like, young kids. Uh, her name's Jennifer with the radiation blast. Oh, Hazmat. Uh, Hazmat. Yeah, there we go. Hazmat. And uh, the, so basically, the, and Rhodey, they all came to try to help her, but ultimately, they ended up getting turned into suits, too. <laughs> and you know, when she gets... What's up? Why those three? Like, I mean, I get why those three. Obviously, like, right. Spider-Man was her best friend, Rhodey, Hazmat's kind of been like... Do you like the relationship with Carol and Hazmat? She, do you think that, yes, she's she's you, been fun, like a fun little sidekick. Do you think that should be like her new like I was about to say her new like sidekick? Remember how you and I have talked about like Miss Marvel, Kamala, Carol, that relationship, and you said you always kind of felt like the person who Carol works with should be a little bit more bombastic with their powers. Mm-hmm. Is Hazmat that character? Do you think? No, no, she's not. She's not bombastic enough. <laughs> we <laughs> we need someone to be a little bit more than that. And actually, this issue kind of showed again, kind of what I thought about with Carol and Kamala, where yes, they share the name, and they sh- and that's kind of where Kamala started. But I still don't really get the vibe that they that Kamala should be under the Marvel, yeah, like you know tree or whatever because i just don't feel like that she fits carol i feel like she's too yeah i feel like she's too good (laughs) you know like i feel like miss marvel's like a little she's too good to be yeah i think she needs someone a little different but that's what we got so she makes an appearance in this they have a fun time she ends up getting her out of there so she's safer carol finds out that uh vox supreme has taken all these people and trying to turn them into dark suits he, the last time they fought, Carol trapped him in this suit, in this, like, cage that he was trying to use to, like, get DNA to, like, make himself super strong. Well, he fixed that, like, coffin and trapped her in it and mm-hmm. floated her out of space because he says, I'm going to change the world, but you're no longer invited in it. And he said, this, mm-hmm. this like, coffin is something that is tailor-made to keep you in it. And he's just shot her out into space. And that's how the issue ends so okay i don't know how she's really going to get out of it um i've really enjoyed this issue lots of action-packed stuff i have really enjoyed this last of the marvel's arc is this like the end of the book like is this like is it going so. to a finale okay 
I think this is just like, I honestly think this is a way to kind of really clean up anything for how Carol is as a character with her powers and how she is um, developing new powers with her mm-hmm. photon energy and stuff, as well as uh, probably even further cementing her that she is Captain Marvel. Um, because mm-hmm. in this issue, when she gets to the planet that Vox Supreme is on, she's like, I, I remember this place. And it turns out it's where the original male Captain Marvel died. Um, I don't know if anyone mm-hmm. remembers that he died and when he came back to life during um, the, I think, AVX, the Phoenix Force was, like, going through the Kree area and it got he got resurrected. Turns out that, like, his body, along with the Phoenix Force, or some, you know, comic books, it, like, turned into a planet. <laughs> so that's where... <laughs> <laughs> that's where Vox Supreme is. <laughs> uh, okay. So I guess, um... Like, once all this is done... And like this whole like last of the marvels thing has happened what are you kind of hoping for from this book like are you ready for like carol's mission statement to change do you want like a new costume do you want her to go somewhere else i know you like love a space adjacent thing and you kind of want her to go back out to space but i guess where where do you want like the character to go i would i still really want her to go out into space i do think the costume could probably change i feel like it's beginning now i mean it's old but like it's kind of like her iconic Captain Marvel costume at this point, but I do think it's time for like a little bit of a redesign, some kind of updating. Um, I would just like her to continue to like be the one kind of driving herself. Things kind of keep happening to her, but I would hope that like after we are done with like the last of the Marvels arc and Vox Supreme is done attacking her, that now we can kind of take a breather where she is making the decisions for herself. I think that the I, last time we saw I'm, her I'm, making yeah. decisions for herself, she was trying to like get better with magic, and that was actually a really great arc because yeah. we saw a lot of like her conflicts with herself, and we saw her kind of grow. So that's what I was about to say. I was about to say I, I really think for whatever goes forward with Carol, I think I would like to. I mean, I'm not going to read it, so this is just like hyperbole, but. <laughs> I think that I would like to see her interacting with other characters. That's and that's kind of why I was asking. Mm. Like, like Spider Woman has Matt Rhodey. Like, yes, I get it. These are like her best friends, the people she's been closest with. But it also like it kind of starts to feel the same after a while. A little bit, I get. Yeah. Uh, and so it's like when she was with Doctor Strange, I remember you said you were really excited about that because it's not a, it's not someone you see her with very often, and b, it's such a totally mm-hmm. different area for her. I would like to see a little bit more of that for her to kind of like push her out of her comfort zone. Like maybe a actually, you kind of, I kind of agree with that. Maybe maybe what I would would be the kind of story I wanted out in space could actually happen on Earth and with other like characters in the Marvel universe. Kind of like I said before, where you know I feel like a lot of Marvel characters are kind of missing. That would be a great chance for her to just kind of like I don't know tap into other characters and and showcase them as well instead of creating new ones out in space. She could do it on Earth. That's a word. That's the word. I would also okay. give this I would give this issue a four out of five. Things were really heating up for this. I liked it a lot. Okay. Shout out to that. Go off, Kelly Thompson and Captain Marvel fans. Congratulations. It's been a long road. It's been a long road. <laughs> it's been a long road. But Kelly Thompson really she really uh turned the ship around <laughs> after uh Civil War two. So I I'm I'm, okay. I'm happy for that. Good. Um, speaking of turning the ship around, the next book on our list is Excalibur number 24. And this comes from Teeny Howard and Marcus Toe. And um, 
I don't know if you've seen, but the public opinion is like really shifting on this book. It seems as though people are kind of liking it. I'm not reading it, but I do think that people are like liking it a lot more now. You should pick it back up. It's, I mean, it's, 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 everybody everybody knows like Teeny's my girl. And I think that a lot of problems that she had were things that she was working on consistently as this book has started from number one. And I think a lot of people kind of forgot to meet her where she was at a little bit and where she was trying to become. And I feel like now she's, again, she's once again, like really starting to like hit that next level of her writing and like plots are coming together a little bit more. Um, personality is showing. I think that's honestly the biggest thing. Like characters actually are really showcasing personality in the story. I will say that I still feel like Gambit and Jubilee are completely pointless to the series and they do not need to be in it whatsoever. But like she at least gives them something to do this issue. So um, we kind of start out. Betsy is in Sevilus. She's meeting with the vampires, and she's trying to figure out why there are assassins coming to attack them from the last issue where they were with Doctor Doom. Um, they're like giving her the runaround. So she actually goes to see Death, who's been hanging out in Sevilus, and you know he's the Horseman Apocalypse's son. And they are like sword fighting and talking, and she's like, you know, stuff is going on. What's happening? He's like, somebody is raging a war against the mutants in other world. You need to be ready. He says you can support her. They have a little moment. She talks about like they're sword fighting. He's like, oh, you are good. She's like, did Iska lie about me? And he's like, no. She like regretted that she didn't have more time with you. And I was like, that's what I'm talking about, Teeny. Let the people know. What did I say? <laughs> Betsy was tagging her before Saturday night <laughs> interfered. But everybody wants mm. to jump on me, but it's like it's good to get that confirmed. Um, but none of, so that was like a really exciting thing to see. Um, we see Gambit, he's in the crooked market, like stealing things for the people of the town. He comes in with Mad Jim and he's like, Don't conduct any business in my like little market without me knowing. He puts someone like this Kate, uh, this cat maid outfit, uh, which I heard that uh, a lot of the Gambit fans didn't really enjoy, but <laughs> <laughs> it's Gambit, so whatever. Um, Jubilee right. is hanging out in Ro uh, in Roma's core of part of Otherworld, and Shogo is riding around as a dragon. Basically, it seems like she's coming to the conclusion that she might have to leave Shogo in Otherworld so he can be a dragon and, like, be happy. I don't know if this is, like, the way they're trying to get rid of the baby for Jubilee, which I think is kind of a cop-out. I know parents in mm -hmm. Marvel Comics or just comic books in general are always the most popular and people have trouble navigating them. But, again, I think that is, like, something that should be seen. We might not see everybody. I, me and you have talked about this before and how I thought, like, Sue Storm's thing should be she should go collect, like, all the moms of the Marvel Universe and just, like, hang out and kind of work with them about being, like, the superhero <laughs> mom. Like, Jubilee can do that as well, um, but whatever. Also, I don't, like, I think Jubilee's story has been a little stagnant since the baby came in, so. Mm -hmm. but if again, they do more with it, I would prefer that rather than just, like, oh, let's just dump him off in the other world, <laughs> you know? Dragon. He's a baby! Um, mm. But whatever, uh, they go back. We also go back to the plot line about the alternate reality captains that we got uh, back in like issue 10, where they were like Gambit, Jubilee, Rogue, and Richter became Captain oh, Britons. Yeah. They've been like Rogue ones. I'm not gonna lie to you, I honestly forgot that plot point existed. So mm -hmm. shout out to Tini for bringing it back, but they're having court about, you know, what they're gonna do with them. And Betsy gives like this speech about how they're real people and how they deserve to be captains and not getting raised. We also get the return of Lord Mandragon, who is from like the 80s Alan Moore Captain Britain stuff. He was like the magistrix for a while. 
he hates Saturnine, mm. or he hated Saturnine back then. He's a black guy, so that's why it's very poignant. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, that's so, dope. Okay. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's cool to see him again pop up. Um, while Betsy's giving her speech, Merlin pops in. He is, like, of course mad, talking about how he hates the mutants. He's brought King Arthur back, and they just start fighting. All the Braddocks, uh, Excaliburs there. B, the Blood Moon, is also a part of this issue. She was hanging out with Richter and Shatterstar. They were exploring Dryador, and she was just kind of talking about how mm. when the when that whole team during Exo Swords came and, like, killed everybody in Dryador, and, like, they're talking about the path to Amenth that's a little bit farther away, and, like, Richter's like, I don't know if I should open that. Well, he says he's not going to open the door, but, like, Apocalypse is there. He's there happy with his wife and all that stuff. So it was, like, nice to see all these characters. I know some people were kind of wondering why B showed up. But I think, A, obviously they were exploring dry doors. It was like she was a part of the massacre of all that. Uh, and then also, I think that's the benefit of the Krakoan era, is that you have all of these mutants who are all over the place, and, like, you can just have them pop up and show up in random books. And it's like, I don't think you really have to make a big deal about it anymore. It's just kind of like, uh-huh. oh, what you doing? Come help us on our mission. Like, Shatterstar is there. Why is Shatterstar there? Because Rick just I was going to ask. Hey, what is he doing? He hanging out with his boyfriend. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it, it is like, why not? Like, I'm on this island of mutants, and, like, you on a mission? Sure, yeah, let me go along with you, because what else are we doing? Um, yeah. So that was kind of fun to see. Uh, Betsy's got a little bit of her bite. She makes some comments to people how she's going to destroy them and how she's going like, you know, it was cute. I was like, I don't know who's influencing the doll right now, but she's like, got it back a little bit. Uh, she's back, she's back so to be Betsy a little bit. That's good. You know, I think that you've got to give it a little bit of credit for the road that Betsy built went on because it would have been easy to kind of just do disassembled again right at the beginning. But I think sometimes when you are fixing something like this, you know, a body swap or whatever mm. that lasted for so long, and then that character became so iconic of in that version or whatever, yeah. that like you can instantly just have one issue where it's say, okay, well, we changed it back to whatever it is now without actually going through the story. But I think you have to give some kind of credit that yeah. Betsy basically had to be rebuilt, you know? It yeah, fun. I mean, she, it wasn't fun the long, the long run right there. The journey wasn't always fun. <laughs> child, like, fighting every day of my life back against the wall. But, I mean, you know, again, I and I say this every single time, I truly, I think what Teeny tried to do or, like, what she had to do with Betsy was kind of like an impossible situation. And she did it to the best of her ability in terms of, once again, reconciling Betsy's history as the Captain Britain character with her history as an X-Men character, and then also, like, trying to fix the 30 years of mess that comes within, like, the racial implications of the body swap with her and Quan and all the stuff that's gone in there. And it's like, I do think that there were some things that we didn't necessarily have to have in there to get there, but we're there now. Can't change. Like, this was the story she wanted to tell. I respect the story that she wanted to tell. And that's all that is for that. Um, and but she's, and she's Captain Britain now. It feels like she's like finally starting to be that. Yeah, she's Captain Britain. She uses the Starlight Sword, and I've realized now that there's a distinction when she uses it. Because at first I was kind of like, what is the point of the sword? But whenever she is doing like official otherworld business or fighting for otherworld, I noticed that's when she uses the Starlight Sword. In any other time, uh, she uses her own regular telekinetic sword. Oh, okay. So I was Official like, oh, business for the Starlight Sword. Otherwise, she just yeah. uses her own powers. That's cool. 
Yeah, so I was like, oh, that's cute. Um, but yeah, it was like a fun issue. I've rated like a 3.5 out of 5. I think Toe's art was actually really strong here. Again, it truly feels like the two have like come together. <laughs> at the last, at the, at the finish line. It <laughs> ends in like two months, but um, we'll see. We'll see. I know the line is supposed to be getting relaunched. A couple of things. They might just come back for the relaunch. I know Marauders is getting a different team, but Excalibur might have the same one. So we'll see. Things are shaking up. I mean, I know that like New York Comic Con is happening soon. Sometimes there's like drops and stuff during that. So who knows? I think it's happening right now. Oh, well, maybe they might be yeah. spilling some tea. I think it's this week. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> but it is what it is. Next up on our list is another look, fun X book Hellion 16, Zeb Wells and Steven Segovia. Yes, I'm not going to yes, lie, I picked yes. this up. <laughs> oh, you tap back in. I know that I've got that girl you don't like. I thought. I thought. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, no, now I you, thought there was going to be Everybody know you like it. <laughs> 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 um, I thought there was going to be more Tarn in this issue, and there wasn't. And um, so Uh-oh. a lot of emotional stuff happens in this issue. You know, we come off the conflict yes. of Havoc blowing it up, and like we lose Kwame's daughter, and like everybody's sad and they're losing their friends and they're mad and the lies are everything's coming to a head but it's like i guess i'm supposed to feel bad for everyone but they're like kind of bad people they are the hell they are like and so it's like maybe maybe i like (laughs) maybe i like empathy oh does that make me a bad person um but I just don't, I just don't, I like, I don't feel bad for anybody. It's like, yes, the situation is sad, but it's kind of long. The situations they're dealing Damn. with are sad, but it's kind of like, oh my God, like, look at what you guys have been doing. You don't feel for that? I feel for Havoc. I feel like he's been manipulated the most in this. He really does be out here trying, and he did not want to blow up the stuff. He Havoc. really didn't want to blow it up. <laughs> like all of a sudden Empath like whispers in his ear oh thanks for doing this and he just blows up the whole thing he's like what the hell but that also was like the story of Alex and they keep dangling uh, Madeline in front of him Emma's like a bad person Emma's a bad person and I'm sorry and it's like I know the Emma fans like might not want to accept it and they say oh you know she's doing it for the greater good but it's like again this is what the thing it's like the greater good through bad means is still bad yes I agree. It's still bad. It's like, it's still bad. So it's like, she can, you know, and again, even when you when it comes to it, I mean, like, uh, it's bad technically, yes, but sometimes it's necessary. But it's still bad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and because it's like, even so, it's like, oh, yes. when you, when you kind of look at it, when I look at Emma and a lot of these things she's doing, you know, she can give all the speeches she wants about the children and doing it for her ever, but she is doing it for herself. But think of the kids. But what of the children? But, like, she's doing it for herself. So she can be in yes. a position of power to, like, control what happens and do all these things. So it's like, you're a bad person. Mm-hmm. Do you think but she honestly really is going to ask the council again about Madeline? Because we see in this that 
Havoc is having a problem with like being manipulated, basically, like uh, about killing everybody um, because he said he'd never want to do that again. Um, and also, was that like a like a shout out to when he uh, killed Storm or like when he thought he killed Storm back in the Outback era? Ooh, I didn't think because when he that. said he didn't want to do it again, I was like, they, he never did it before in this run. So like. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about that. That would be a nice cute callback. Shout out to the Outback. I era. thought it was a call iconic. I thought it was a callback to that. Unless it meant the part when he was blowing up that original farm, clone farm at the first beginning, you know where Madeline was, but I don't think that was all on purpose. So, I think it's mm-hmm. a callback to the Outback era. But you know, he's having a, a whole breakdown and Emma is like, you know, I asked the council again. Like she auto like brings it out of the blue too, like in the middle of the conversation. It's like, oh, I asked the council again to bring Madeline back. We're going to talk about it. And he is feeling ecstatic about it because it's like, oh, it's you're on the council. They got to listen to you. So mm. it's got to happen. To me, that felt like it was like not really real. So I do think she is going to try and ask the council about Maddie only because I saw her on a future cover for like the December issue. However, again, I don't think it's because it's like, you know, for genuine appreciation of Havoc or like trying, she's just trying to shut him up. <laughs> right. So she could use him later. Exactly. She's not a good person. And like, that's fine yeah. because it's interesting it's and it's fun to read about, but like, she's not a good person. Oh yeah. I like <laughs> when she shake it up. It's fine. <laughs> she's been having, you know, shout out to Emma Frost. She has been having quite the year. Like we talk, you know, she might get a little annoying sometimes, but she's been in every book. She's been doing her thing. She's been planting her seeds. She's been controlling the girls. She's been running the show on the low. She's having a moment. This is her era. The Krakoa era has really been nice to Emma. I don't mm-hmm. like her like that, but like I could, I could understand where people could kind of grow from from that fascination with her from this era, because like she's been doing the damn thing. I'm not going. I'm not going to have someone tweet me. <laughs> I had someone tweet me the other day asking me if I was reading Marauders, and I was like, yeah, I used to. And they were like, Emma Frost is that bitch. And I was just like, oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> I was just like, all right. That's cool. All right. Good for her. That's um, <laughs> Emma. I would go that far. And I, That's good. And also, I think Hellions is a really good example of how um, like a lot of D through like Z-list characters get their fandoms. Like, yes. I'm 100% sure. The moments with Nanny in this have, like, been pretty great. People love Nanny. I've been seeing people tweet mm-hmm. that, like, they hope Nanny's in a book post-Hellions. When have you ever wanted, heard anyone say they want a Nanny in a book? Not before this. <laughs> Not before this. And it's like, I can guarantee you in about 10 to 15 years, there's going to be somebody who's like, oh, I want a wild child solo because of how he was in Zeb Wells' Hellions. And that's how it's so like when what you happens. see those characters, and this is how it happens. So when you see those characters like Strong Guy and Husk, and you know, not Husk, <laughs> Husk has been these, in like, some really things. Strong, who have these really strong fandoms? It was because they read like these like runs that were kind of good, and they had this character who had a really good part in it, and then we'll probably never see them again. Yeah, but they're still waiting. Especially with Nanny, because like in this we see they bring back up how Nanny was like a part of the right, and yeah, you know they had she had this like robot android baby thing that she is trying to get back, but she blew it all. I'm assuming the baby is also dead because she blew her own ship up by the end of the issue, 
and has to have this whole separation mm-hmm. with Peter. So like, I get the hype behind Nanny because she has some great stuff in it, but she's also like a villain. <laughs> Everyone's in this. Everybody's bad, and I get it. Like the Hellions program is working; they're becoming closer. They're like gaining some type of morality or something like that. But it's like, are they? Just because they're become just because they're becoming friends doesn't necessarily mean that they're like good. Mm. I'm okay with it. People can be bad in a comic book and I can be I'm, interesting. I'm fine with it. I love it. It I just like I, I just don't feel bad <laughs> for the bad things that are happening to them. <laughs> <laughs> what would you rate this issue? I'm I'll rate it a four out of five. Like again, Same. I think I think Wells does like everything really good in this book he always mixes the emotion he always mixes the humor he always mixes like the pathos into it really well steven segovia's art continues to be fantastic he is like does great face acting with a lot of this stuff um i I hope wells doesn't leave the x-books i would love to see him with some other stuff i kind of think bessie might show up to like again to help oh get her child back I don't know if get her child back, but like, I mean, I could just be making this up too, because I feel like Wells and Teeny have been, um, excuse me, Wells and Howard have been like, you know, trading Quan and Betsy back and forth and like how they're using them in the stories. I honestly do think it would be kind of nice if like Betsy shows up like in this moment of Quan and where she like feels very bad and she just had her daughter take her and she's like so depressed and like she has, she doesn't feel like she knows where she's going now. And Betsy kind of is like, you help me, let me help you. Oh, that would make them closer, probably. They'll become um, sisters. It would be nice. I, and I, then I'll never need to see them in a panel together again. But <laughs> it would be nice for her to, like, pay it forward. Yeah. What would you rate it? I would give it... I would give it also a four out of five. Um, I really enjoyed all of... I've been loving Hellions. Top two for me, all... Maybe even maybe the best one, now that X-Men is done. Um... And I I really enjoyed this issue. It's been a great run. I thought this was the last one, but I guess uh, the next one is, I think. What was this? This was 16? No, 18 is the last one. 18 is the last one. Okay, cool. So got a couple more issues then. Um, so I'm with it. Um, okay. Shout out to them. And um, before we get to the last book of the week, I do want to shout out a couple of things that came out. Defenders from Al Ewing and Javier Rodriguez. Number three was out. A really nice little story about magic and fun. Harpy, who is Betty Ross, has showed up and the issue was focused on her. Swamp Thing, Ram V and Mike Perkins. Again, like Ram and Al, they're just like really great guys. Uh, New Mutants also came out this week. Vita Ayala and Rod Rice. I personally didn't read it, but I heard a lot of really good things about the art in this one. And they said like it's probably one of Rice's definitive issues and how he draws it. It's about Shadow King, so I think I'm going to go back to uh, Marvel Unlimited later on when it's on there and pick it up because I really like the Shadow King. So yeah, for sure. I want to see what's going on. There. Um, but our last book here for the day is Eternal Celestia, number one, and this one is Karen Gillan and. I forgot who does the art. Hold on, let me look up the artist real quick. The K-Zama. art was by Kizama. Kizama? Yeah. Ha. Oh, and Matthew Wilson does the covers. Matthew Wilson is one of my favorite colors, for those who don't know. Him and Matt Hollins were oh. icons. Icons. Okay. I do like the colors but of that statue that they had in there. This was great. It was hot. Did you read this? Of course I did. I, you know, have I think I'm ready to jump on the bandwagon and be like, I'm I'm an Eternals fan. 
<laughs> for sure. I uh, I had already liked all of the Gillen stuff that he was already doing, and these are kind of side issues right now with the last one, with the Thanos one, and now this one with Celestia. I've really been enjoying all of this. And, you know, they're kind of like, they're cosmic superpower people. Hello? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna like that. That's true. And this is like uh, this issue. This issue was pretty good. Um, I actually will say that um, this is not my first introduction to Makari, the Eternal Makari, um, because I am a fan of Quasar, and Quasar and Makari were like good friends back when um, Quasar had his own solo series back in like the 90s, and the mm. Makari that was back then was he was a white dude that looked like the Flash, like he was. Uh, ginger hair mm-hmm. and a white dude and um i will say i much prefer this updated version of makari i don't know i was expecting there to be because they are eternals and because they like don't ever die and are revived or whatever mm-hmm. and they even mentioned some like changes that they could do to their bodies here i thought that maybe they would like say that she changed it via like something oh, like, like give an explanation for it yeah because again, like I said, the Makari I knew was like uh, a like a random I do. And no, this, this is just Macari, that MCU synergy. Okay, <laughs> it seems like they they probably not even gonna like explain it away. It's just it's just like you just need to accept it. That that's who's showing up in the movie. That's who's in the comic book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and I prefer this version. She is um, like a darker skinned woman with. Um, uh, she's hard of hearing, she's deaf, and she signs everything, mm-hmm. and I thought that was really cool and how they showed yeah. the signing in this, because she is also super fast, so, like, yeah. her signing probably is really fast. I thought that was kind of cool. Very interesting. Um, I also love the dynamic between Makari and the other Celestial, and just talking about, like, how they were both women of faith, but, like, how they saw their faith differently, and, like, how they kind of worship the Eternals, and like, even as they go on, like, the pilgrimage, to um, find out mm-hmm. the answer for themselves and like what that means to them and like how for one the journey is the thing that helps you kind of like reinstall the faith and like see what's supposed to see and Makar is just like no I already went and saw it it's nothing there <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> right yeah she's like I can run back and go see <laughs> it's like no we need to focus on other things to like build our new god and you know the other celestial who's why can't I remember her name real quick um, Ajax the other eternal Yes, Ajak. I could not remember her name. Um, and Ajak is just like, no, like, I still need that god to talk to me and all these things. And they go on there. We also see the flashback of her fighting the uh, Avengers of the past, who has fire hair Phoenix and a young Odin and an older Iron Fist. And they're kind of like beating her down a little They bit. are beating her like, down. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, my gosh. It was. I was like, damn. <laughs> was like, but again, like, I think that was when, like, she was like, you know, the last person who they saw or who she was defending, like, tried to kill all of them. And it's like, no, you're killed. Like, you're defending them. So it's like, we're going to beat you. And it's like, surely they did. But as they're fighting her, she's getting, like, all this information about them and starting to learn more about, like, some of the superpower people in our world. Um, and as we get back to the present, she and Makari are doing their pilgrimage. They run into a celestial, which has now become the home base for the Avengers over in Jason Aaron's run. If you guys haven't been reading that, you can go back and read Heroes Reborn. Um, well, they like and, they said that that was like part of the plan. Like Ajak, I really liked how much Ajak talks about how like her thing was communicating with the with the celestials. But like mm-hmm. when God is no longer there, what did what role does she play? <laughs> um, like what is she supposed to do? So she knew that there was that dead celestial body where the Avengers were, and 
they run up in it, and here comes Ghost Rider coming out. And I'm glad it wasn't Carol. Know, right? because again like ghost rider was one of the people who had beat her down in the past so it's like she needed she needed to see that um oh wow is that why echo was the phoenix now because they got a call back to like the past avengers team oh and there was an iron fist that was on that team right is she like the iron fist analog or is she the Phoenix? She's the fact she's the Phoenix analog. Um, but Iron Fist has oh, yeah. Iron Fist popped up in the Moon Knight arc also. Oh, okay. So maybe like so maybe Aaron's gonna like bring him back some way. Um they need to do something with Iron Fist. But nonetheless, um she runs mm-hmm. into Ghost Rider and he tells them like, Oh, the Celestial said we could like live here, that's okay. And then that kind of infuriates Ajax, but Makari teleports him away and then they have their own little fight, which I thought was really well done. Kizama's art was fantastic throughout this entire yeah. issue like really enjoyed that a lot um and just like kind of the way that makari talked about the fight again shout out to the narration boxes making their return to comic books because they really yes. do a lot they really do a mm-hmm. lot it's like seeing uh, like getting that knowledge of how makari stopped the fight and like kind of calm ajak down and then how they came back together to be like okay how are we going to do this now again makari wants to build a god ajak is like no i want to kill the avengers and I think that's how. Which, I mean, it makes me feel like an Eternals versus Avengers thing is coming. I'm okay with that. <laughs> that sounds hot. A versus E. E versus A. I don't like either one of those acronyms, but... Right. It seems like that's where it's coming. Because, like, she was dead set on, like, I'm going to kill the Avengers. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll think it's so much change on her mind. <laughs> um, so it's gonna be. I mean, it was an exciting issue. I think Karen Gillen continues to kill it on the Eternals and like kind of redefining them and making them everything that they need to be. Especially as we ramp up mm-hmm. into the movies coming, people are going to be excited. People now have an Eternals run to go back and read. Yeah, this is definitely one that I would recommend to people. You know, going forward when people are like, "Oh, what do I do with the Eternals?" You could just start with this. Mm-hmm. And okay, um, what would you rate this issue? This one for me will also get another four out of five. I think I really liked it. You know what? Yeah, yeah, I would give it there. I really enjoyed it. I'm really enjoying a lot of the the like world building that's happening with the Celestials. For me, this is kind of the first time that I've been experiencing some with a few of them outside of the ones that were Avengers when they had moments, like Gilgamesh and Cersei um, yeah. and Makari. But like outside of them, I don't know much about like the Eternals lore or any of that kind of stuff. So I've really been enjoying this. It hasn't really taken too much of a dip yet. Yeah, I um, I think I'm going like 4.5. Honestly, kind of like I'm teetering on a five out of five. Like I really, really wow. enjoyed this issue. I, I again, like as someone who doesn't know much about the Eternals, I love the world building aspect of it. I love like I really enjoy conversations that pertain to faith and like belief and just like how people delve into it and how they're different. So all the stuff between Makari and Ajak was really interesting to me. Um, I love the art. Kizama's panel layouts was really good. Again, like I just mentioned that fight between Makari and Ajak, like how he laid that out on the page, it was spectacular. And like showing like the bubble kind of getting smaller and Makari running all around it was super speed. Again, like you said, how she's signing super fast, all that felt, you could like see it. And it was hot. I was into it. Yeah. This is, this yeah, I really liked it. Of the week, honestly. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 
it's really hard to top Eternals right now. That's a word. Wow, can you imagine? Like, the, who ever thought we would say something like that? Who would ever thought, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eternals was going to be the one. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> Eternals is the one. Oh, goodness. Okay. Well, those are the books of the week. You guys tell us what you read, what you liked, what you thought, all that good stuff. We're going to go ahead and take a break, and then we'll be right back. Look at the things they tweet. You mean to. But I'm the problem. I'm not mean. <laughs> I'm fine. These, these people. And that, and these people who are in these. <laughs> <laughs> these people are mean. <laughs> welcome back, everyone. <laughs> yes, yes. Welcome back, everybody. Um, okay, so this week we are going to do a character panel on one of my favorite cosmic characters that I kind of got into recently, and that is Quasar, Wendell Vaughn. And um, I know you gave some some back history on Star-Lord, and I appreciate you coming up into, into the cosmic world, but I want to talk about one of my favorite cosmic characters, and uh, that is Mr. Wendell Vaughn, Quasar. So um, do you have too much history on like him? No. <laughs> Quasar? <laughs> Quasar? Wendell mm-hmm. Vaughn Quasar. No, like, I won't lie to you. I have no idea who this guy is. Um, <laughs> outside, like, I, he was just obviously in Al Ewing's Guardians book, popping up with the girl. I remember the girl from um, Avenger Standoff. Was that what that event was called? Yes, that's where she got the band, um, Quantum Bands. From. The bands, I remember she popped up in that, and then she was in Secret Empire for a little bit. Um, I've seen pictures of Quasar. And that, like, one, it's this one space image of, like, a bunch of these cosmic characters. It's got Ronin, it's got Gladiator, it's got um, Quasar, and some other space guys. Silver Surfer. You're talking about, they are called the Annihilators. They all got together to perform, like, a cosmic team. Yeah, uh, they yeah. had a whole actually really they had a really really good run. I think I suggested to everybody it was written by uh, Dan Abnett and Andy Landing, who also did the Thanos Imperative too, which was also really good. Suggest that if y'all trying to get into more cosmic I stuff. I remember I remember um, Dan Abnett and Andy Landing were like running the cosmic scene for a little while at Marvel. That I was like that was that. <laughs> that was like my like hot hot my hot era because like. They that were was, doing all this stuff was, with Annihilation and War mm-hmm. of Kings and Realm of Kings and all this other stuff that was going on off in the cosmic stuff. And they were bringing in character, some characters from the from Earth, but most of it was just all the cosmic characters. So, um, you know, the Draxes and the Novas that were out there. Um, they did a really just, good run of Guardians of the Galaxy. I think I said that, you know, in Star-Lord, they did that, you know, recommend. Like, yes. shout out to them. Yeah, That's big shout out to back. them. Wake that up. That's who we... Somebody, we need somebody like that to kind of really wake up the cosmic area right now. Um, but to get into Quasar, so I will say that Wendell, in my opinion, is like, he's a cool character. I really like the quantum bands, uh, maybe a little bit more than I like Wendell. <laughs> but um, he's still like, he's a pretty cool character. Um, but we'll talk about the quantum bands a little bit later. Um, but 
Wendell got the bands basically from he was a shield agent. So he's been trained and all that kind of stuff in shield, but he wasn't some he's better at espionage than like the straight up like hardcore tactics and stuff. Okay. Um and they the quantum bands are with shield because previously uh, there was this character named Marvel Boy who um actually was a Atlas Comics characters. This is where we get a little bit more legal than like the comic books people <laughs> and Marvel Atlas Comics used to is what Marvel Comics used to be. Um <clears throat> because uh Marvel Comics like bought Atlas and they gained the rights to this character. And they ended up using him as a villain in their books, even though he was a hero, I think, in the Atlas comics world. They used him as a villain. He died. And when he died, his um, Uranian bands, as they what they were called back then, fell. And the Fantastic Four actually took them to S.H.I.E.L.D. to, like, keep his safekeeping or whatever. So fast forward to the 90s, they start using these bands again. This time they kind of call them the quantum bands, and they needed people to kind of try to put them on. This is where the writer, I think at the time, was kind of throwing shade at <laughs> Green Lantern, because these not only do these bands give you basically Green Lantern powers, not on the scale of a Green Lantern as far as the constructs go and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. You basically become psychokinetic and all that kind of stuff. Um, it can make some constructs, but you're not doing the same kind of stuff as a Green Lantern. But one of the persons, one of the persons who tried the bands on, looked exactly like Hal Jordan, and was like that show-offy kind of guy. And when he tried to put him on, he uh, died. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> and when Wendell put the bands on, they worked. And he was able to use them and everything, and he was. So does he put them on at, like right after the guy dies? Yes, because uh, right after the guy dies, they end up getting attacked by AIM. The guy's oh. like, he puts the bomb, he's practicing with them and everything, and then all of a sudden the energy, like the quantum energy of the bands goes crazy, and he ends up like burning up and evaporating, and at that exact moment, also like AIM attacked the shield base and was looking for whatever. But Wendell put the bands on because he saw them, put them on, and he was the one that like, defeated aim and sent them away he learned that the reason he was able to use the bands was because he doesn't have a like he he's very go with the flow mm-hmm. which is like the flow of energy you know in order for you to be able to use the quantum bands you can't have like a very like killer instinct you have to be very like hey uh, chill hey back <laughs> i guess i'm out <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why I like him. He's like pretty chill. And in order for you to use the quantum bands, you have to be very like mellow and kind of like think first a little bit instead of just rush off into something, um, which we'll talk about later because Nova. I've got a bone to pick with uh, Richard Ryder. But oh, I'm anyway, for a Richard Ryder drag. Yeah. Um, so Wendell has these bands on, and now he basically becomes a superhero quasar. He called himself Marvel Boy for a little bit, but. Um, into form by Quasar, he joins the Avengers and is basically like the the cosmic one on the team. Okay. Um, and during this time, he had a lot of um, he had a pretty solid solo series. Actually, he had a solo run that lasted for six issues. Um, I forget. You said sixty issues? Yeah. Quasar. He was pretty popular back in uh, back in the nineties. Okay. 
Shout out yeah. to the Quasar fans. 60 you know, there, if there's one thing I have learned about a lot of different characters is like if you want your favorite character to really kind of grow and like get pushed, they really need to become a part of like really cemented in a corner of the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you pretty much really do a lot of anything cosmic without <laughs> without Quasar. Okay. I mean, they even brought him back from nothing just to have him in Guardians of the Galaxy again, because before this, he, was, he wasn't he was around. So what do you think, like, does the costume hit? Like, what are the color schemes? Does it have the galaxy print? Um, do you think that was a addition to his popularity? I think, honestly, his popularity was he was Marvel's Green Lantern without them having to have a Green Lantern core. I think that's another thing why I like about the Quantum Bands was that they were, like, <laughs> they are the that's a, it's a way for you to be a Green Lantern without be, also being a cop because you become a protector of the universe. You're not like an authority figure. Um, mm. The way that the bands work, they were created by a, a like this big cosmic thing called Eon. He is like mm-hmm. this big cosmic concept basically, and Eon makes these quantum bands and to pick protectors of the universe. Originally. Mm. His original protector was uh, the original Captain Marvel, but for whatever reason, mm. he didn't he didn't get the quantum bands because the who people probably haven't learned by now aren't like the nicest people all the time. Um, okay. and usually try to kind of get get ahead. Um, they knew about the quantum bands and created their own bands called like the Nega bands. And okay, so I was honestly Mar- just about to ask, uses. like, is there a difference yeah. between the quantum bands and the nega bands? Because I know the nega bands. I've heard of those a couple of times. Yes. I've seen a few pictures with those. Um, so those ones are the ones that the Kree created because they knew about the quantum bands and, like, they wanted to have their own. So they made and those. And do they do the same thing, and, like, the quantum bands and the nega bands? No, the nega ones just make you, like, super strong and like invulnerable and, and fly that kind of stuff like the consensus superhero well as like the quantum bands give you control of quantum energy so you're like kind of yeah. a green lantern okay um yeah so um wendell has these bands and he basically becomes quasar he's doing that for a while and he has this pretty long series that lasts for 60 issues and um then after it gets canceled he ends up um, basically kind of being like with the Avengers again for a while and they would, whenever they would have their kind of cosmic events, they had like the Operation Galactic Storm or anything like that he was kind of like weaved in and out but um, during his the Infinity War is when he really got to be used again because he was the one that was supposed to fight Thanos it, and you they they ended up revealing more about the quantum bands through this. Eon, who created them, said that their protectors are supposed to prevent like the one thing that's going to destroy the universe. And Eon wouldn't tell the person what, like, I don't know, I thought it was weird. Eon doesn't have the knowledge to tell them what the thing was going to be. He just knew that they needed to be the protector of that thing. So like, okay. I'm it was like, oh, this great cosmic being, and I know that there's going to be this some event that's going to cause, like, a big cosmic death, and I need a protector for it. I just don't know when it's going to happen. And throughout the 60 issues is when you kind of go through all of this. And then we learned that later what was going to happen was there was this uh, villain named Maelstrom who was yeah. part inhuman, 
part uh, deviant. And he's got powers to control like some kind of energy, uh, like this vibrational kind of energy. And uh, he like ends up going off and killing Eon somehow, like getting like these great cosmic powers, killing Eon. And uh, like that caused the constant bands to kind of falter off. And then uh, Thanos gets involved in all of this. And it turns out that Quasar's big thing was to like fight Thanos and like defeat him. Mm. So, so is is Maelstrom also like considered one of Quasar's big villains then? Yeah, that's like he's okay. one of his big villains. Um, I've actually seen recently that Maelstrom has kind of popped up in some stuff. He looks like this weird mm. like creature with purple with his purple costume or whatever. Um, so I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, maybe that means Quasar might be con- doing something, but uh, that's like his so, main villain. So who are like? Who are Quasar's friends? Like, who does he hang out with? Who does he talk to? Who are his connections? Like, when he was in the Avengers, like, who was he friends with? Like, where could you see him kind of popping up again or guest starring? So, funny enough, his best friend was Makari, the uh, mm. Eternal. Oh, the, the original speed, one. Uh, The original one. Yeah, okay. so, like, they were actually friends and, you know, really, really great friends. Well, I don't really know if I could really say really great friends. There is an arc during all of this where um quasar was kind of dating his uh his secretary (laughs) um because he started his own business um because he wanted to have his own secret identity outside of being quasar he started his own like uh business and he started dating his secretary um and i think there may have been like some allegations against him back in this 90s or something because they had an explicit conversation where the girl asks him, like, oh, do you like women? And, like, do you, um, Oh, you know? <laughs> okay, I see what you're saying. Because, like, he, he never, like, in all of his runs, he never has, like, a romantic partner or any kind of romance. It's truly just him going off and using his powers off in space and, like, doing missions and stuff, wondering about when the big thing is going to happen where he would have to fight the thing that's going to end the universe and all that stuff. But he never really had any, like romance stuff so i was wondering if that was some kind of meta commentary about what was going on back then with him Mm, okay yeah but as far as his friends go makari was one and while he was dating the secretary makari ended up like also hooking up with her where quasar came back from a mission and flew into his room and was going to like say not his own apartment he flew to her place because he wanted to say hi to her and Mm. Makari and her were like getting it on. Like, oh wow! Flew in, saw it, and then That's like flew, flew out, and yeah, it's pretty bad. But turns out that all of that was actually happening because Moon Dragon was the one who was telepathically making them fall for each other because she felt that like mm. it was her like celestial destiny to be with Quasar, which later oh. we found out it was a Quasar, but it was Philip. Oh, okay, wow. Oh, that's cute. When Shout Philip got because later later on, so he has this whole superhero thing, you know, with, with the bands or whatever. He ends up like dying and losing the bands and mm-hmm. basically comes like quantum energy. And they needed someone else to kind of get the bands, and that's when you get Phila gets them. And okay. for those who don't know about Phila Bell, I've talked about her in the Guardians runs and stuff. Phila is Hulkling's sister. She's also like a kid of Captain Marvel. 
the original yeah. male Captain Marvel. The, Marvel. the current one in Guardians is like an alternate reality. Both, yeah, well, the Moon Dragons kind of like merged, but they came from yeah. alternate reality. They're They're exactly not, Infinity not the Whatever. <laughs> they really are. They really are. They, they, you know, they've done those two kind of dirty over the years. So <laughs> they really, they really have. Um, um, and do so. Quasar's friends. Um, so Makari, is there anyone? Mm-hmm. Did he have beef with anyone? So did he not get along with Richard Ryder? Is that why he had a bone to pick with him? No. So the beef that goes along with Richard Ryder was they were kind of friends or whatever because the Nova Corps was like the the uh, Green Lanterns of the Marvel universe. Um, so mm-hmm. they were also out in space doing cosmic stuff. So, of course, they would be f- friendly out there. The issue comes in during the big Annihilation run. So um, Annihilation is this big cosmic event. Um, I definitely recommend it to everyone. Um, lots of great bombastic stuff that happens in it. A lot of fun. I really hope that they either animate it or do it in live action. I need something because it's, it's, it's great. It's definitely one of my top events. And during this run, the Annihilation wave is coming in. Annihilus is from the Negative Zone. He's this big, like, creature, kind of insectoid creature. And he's got these big insectoid creatures that he's just m- causing mass destruction throughout the galaxy. And um, he destroys the Nova planet, Xandar, completely destroys that. Uh, Nova gets off of the planet and finally gets into this ship and makes it over to where Quasar is. Mm-hmm. Quasar is like already helping some refugees that have like escaped previous annihilation like wave um, attacks. And then all of a sudden, Annihilus shows up with his big annihilation wave. Same annihilation wave that we saw the X-Men fight, so which I thought was kind of cool. So they come and, you know, whenever you see like a big wave, a big armada yeah. come, yeah. most people want to think things through. Right? Yeah. Nova was like, well, I'm going to be the hero and rush off. And of course, Quasar was like, no, why don't we think about this first? But he ran off and was like, I'm just going to kill everyone because the Annihilation Wave destroyed Xandar. Mm-hmm. And uh, Quasar, of course, was like, well, of course, I'm going to go run to help you and fight with you. And then he got killed by Annihilus. Oh, so Richard Ryder is responsible for Wendell Vaughn dying. I understand now. Yes. I get it. They ended up getting captured by Annihilus, and Annihilus has his cosmic control rod, which controls all energy, which Quasar in his quantum bands is like energy itself. It's connected to the quantum zone. So he destroyed them. Oh, wow. Took his quantum bands. Yeah, that's sad. So, So, yeah. Now that you know, like, you've gotten into. Uh, Wendell, how did you feel about his use in the Guardians run, now that you're a little bit more into him? You know, I will say that I was a little let down, mostly because I was excited to see him, because I was so into him, and I was like, oh, great, we're going to see him more in the current stuff, but that run kind of ran so short, and they were mostly using the girl, uh, I can't think of her name. Um, Cecily. Avril. Yeah, no, Avril can Avril. <laughs> Where'd you get Cecily? <laughs> no, Ce- Ce- Cecily Kincaid is um Mercury from the new X Men. Yes, yes. But she's Arrow Kincaid. Gosh, I hope not. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Avril uh, was mostly kind of used in the book. Uh, I mean, Wendell had a, a couple of moments too, but that kind of ran really short. Um, 
they aren't supposed to actually be able to trade places like that. That was something that I felt like uh, Ewing brought back in order to bring Wendell back Wendell. to life. So I'll appreciate, like, I, like I'll take it, you know, because after he lost the, after he was killed by Annihilus in the Annihilation Wave, he became, through comic book, whatever, she, the, the original Shield practice that he was a part of it was called a Team Pegasus. They were doing this research and they ended up bringing him back, but in a quantum form, like he was just energy. And mm-hmm. through comic books, he ended up like coming back to life with a, with a body, a new costume. <laughs> and mm-hmm. he brought back to life to so the costume that he has now in the Guardians. Okay. Um, but then he like, then he took the bands off. And this is when they, because they were introducing Avril and they were saying that he was losing control of them. And he gave them to Avril as like, you should be the new Quasar. Mm-hmm. But, okay. So, because they're all supposed to be one pair of them. So, can't like me. What? So, like, I guess now going forward, since they are in this place of them being switching back and forth, um, how would you want them to kind of like continue on? I would want them to kind of do something where we could fix it, where they don't have to switch anymore, and maybe we could have just the two quasars. Um, even though there's only know. supposed to be one pair of bands. Right, right. Even though there's one to be some kind of one pair of bands. Um, because I don't want to say get rid of Avril because that's rude. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, this is a safe space. So if, is it a safe you know, space? Because I would say we can just get rid of her and, um, and then just and then just they can't the be like. Even if the okay, so let's say they were to get separated, would you still want them to both act as quasars, like team uh, going around together, or like would you want to see like one quasar in space, one quasar on the Avengers? Um, definitely, I would have it be where one is in space and one is with the Avengers or something like that. Um, best friends? Hmm. No. Actually. <laughs> Maybe. You know what? Actually, that wouldn't be bad if they bonded and become good friends, because I've got something that I'll talk about later in my relaunch that, um, you know what? Sure. Okay. Maybe we could, you know what? I would want something that would happen where I I think I would give something where because Quasar probably kind of had his time or whatever, you know, I would do something where he would kind of like ascend and do something where he would just, I don't know, become one with the quantum zone or something, and he mm-hmm. becomes the new Eon, and he comes in. Like, Eon is basically, like, the Zordon from the Power Rangers for the bands. Like, it gives you information, it talks to you, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I would probably do something like that. Like, he just becomes the new one. Because after okay. Eon was killed, he was, resu- like, he kind of resurrected as a baby, and it was this, like, baby Eon thing called Epoch. I um, love bringing them back as babies. <laughs> um, which is weird because probably just himself. I don't know. Cosmic <laughs> stuff gets a little wild. <laughs> but they Talk brought Eon magic. back as just a baby. You can follow it well, though. Mm, okay. Yeah, I won't get into that. I won't like rain on your cosmic parade. But um, <laughs> so I guess with Wendell. Mm-hmm. Would you want him to be like, let's say you get the two quasars, they're separated, they're like doing their thing now. 
do you want, even though I know you love space, do you want him to be the one of the Quasar of the Avengers or the, a Quasar in space? I feel like the I Quasar of the Avengers would be more beneficial. Yes. That's is where I want his, I want him there because then he could be seen. Yeah. And if we were going to separate the two of them and have the, each have bands, she can go off into space and like have some fun adventures out there where he gets reestablished with the Avengers. That's she would be a nice little way to differentiate them so that you have like your Quasar of the uh, Avengers and your Quasar of the Guardians. That would be There cool. you go. Yeah. I'm into that. I don't know. Who do you who do yeah. you who do you want writing window right now? I really would love if if I would I was gonna say Ewing because I was enjoying the stuff that was going on in Guardians. It just kind of fell short. Especially mm-hmm. for me as like a Quasar fan, I thought we were gonna get a little bit more of it, but it was kinda overran by Lots of tie-ins, um, you know, that Ewing curse, it seems like, of too many tie-ins. There. So, um, I would probably want... I don't know. I would honestly love, love if um, if DNA came back and, okay. you know, That's kept it going. Weird. That'd be hot. But, um, you know, sometimes we should get some fresh stuff in there. So maybe it's just somebody new. Okay, well, then let me ask you this. Who do you want? Because we all know like the visuals also matter. Who do you want drawing Quasar right now? Ooh, I would definitely want a redesigned costume and a new look for him by um, Carmen Canero. Mm. The way that she drew like that first run of Captain Marvel, I would love that mm-hmm. kind of stuff for Quasar. Okay, okay, Carmen Canero. We'll put that out into the universe. Yes. Mm. That would be a hot little series. Whoever's right, mm-hmm. like Ewing and Canero doing Quasar. And That'd be hot. <laughs> That'd be hot. Get some quantum band energy up in there. That'd be great. And like I said, it's a lot of fun with those kind of powers. You can do whatever you kind of want with them. And uh, the, like, the, the name Quasar doesn't necessarily come with the bands. Um, he just called himself Quasar. You don't have to go by Quasar to have the bands. You just become the... Your title is you're the protector of the universe. Would you want a different name? No. No. Okay. No? No, because I, no, I like it. I would want them to stay as the protector of the universe. Avril can get the different name, though. She can go do whatever. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. So that is my little character corner on Quasar. Please let me know if you end up getting interested in him and want some recommendations recommendations on like where to get more of him i definitely say annihilation um also the thanos imperative and uh annihilators also afterwards uh let's get some silver surfer and uh some of those other characters in there and definitely check it out we're gonna take a break and then we'll come right back I've got all these like cute little headbands now because they don't make good headbands for men as I realized as I was like searching for them on like Amazon and like just shops and everything they're always these like thick camo or like electric pattern design and they're always red black blue or green and I'm like what's going on here but then you mm. look at the ladies' headband section. They've got these floral prints. They've got some polka dots. It's like all this some nice wraps. colors and things. But I was like, oh, wow, this is great. So 
I bought a bunch of women's headbands, and I'm very excited for them. I love them. They look cute. Thank you. They're mostly to, like, <laughs> hide why I don't have a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There we go for that. But um, Welcome back, everyone, to your favorite part of the show. It is the relaunch. And we have groups of characters here for you guys this week. Um, would you like to go first, or would you like me to go first? Um, you know what? I can go first. Okay, so okay. Um, we were just talking about Quasar during the character panel, and my relaunch is going to be for a new wearer of the Quantum Bands. Yes, it's time for a new one. I know we have Avril, but she didn't hit. It's time for a new one. Now, how would okay. I get us to the point of having more Quantum Bands? Well, um, I explained before that Eon created the original Quantum Bands, and then he died and got reborn as Epoch as his, like, baby. I would have it where Epoch needed his own protector and, you know, mm-hmm. created his own quantum bands and got a new protector while... And I would have it where the Wendell and maybe even Avril were kind of, like, upset about it, probably, because this new mm-hmm. quantum band wearer is out there, like, protecting the world, and Epoch kind of just moved on beyond them because they are now, like, kind of relics of the past. Mm. And I, I probably have Wendell actually become like one with the quantum zone so that he can like lose his quantum bands and Avril can even kind of keep hers. But um, he would just become like quantum energy himself. Probably give him his own powers, like okay. have his own maybe quantum form or something like that. Just give him his own things where he doesn't need the bands at all anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and Avril can keep the bands that she has, but I would have a new one created to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a brand new, a brand he new. Go Quasar. back. He can go back. Quasar, sure. Even Quasar as well. Okay, yeah. all right. I feel like you don't really like Wendell that much, man. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I think that he's. I think that he would be great to like mentor the new one as well, because like he would become quantum energy and kind of mentor the new one, and also like kind of keep uh-huh. in touch with with Avril because then she would have her own quantum bands and like he would be like the new like you're, liaison for the two. You are really trying to get Avril out of here. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you are really trying to get her out of here. I want like okay. a nice I think we should have a nice like a new quantum band where like a nice black character. I would love to have a like a black okay. space character. I'm gonna black like space. That's true. They're cosmic Gamora. character. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we don't have anybody with like any black cosmic characters. <laughs> and I would love we got like a new black quasar. Okay. Well, shout out to that. Let's put that through the universe. Love that relaunch. Um Okay, my relaunch for the week, uh, week, excuse me, is actually a team, one that I've kind of been missing throughout the Marvel Universe, and that is the Secret Avengers. Um, oh. You know, we've got Savage right now, we've got Aaron's going right now. The Secret kind of team was always the one who's like caught up in the government antics where you can always find the good mess, the politics and things like that. And so um, I would like this team to be led by two individuals, one being Mockingbird. And the other being Nick okay. Fury Jr. Like These are two characters who oh. um, are 
Yeah, very prominent in the spy world, and I actually enjoy both of them. I um, highly recommend Mockingbird series to anyone who hasn't read it. I also recommend the Nick Fury Jr. series to anyone who hasn't read it. Um, they're both characters who have a lot of experience, and they will be leading kind of like their own little ragtag group of like, not newbies, but I guess like not the more most experienced heroes, and mm-hmm. kind of like, especially in this like new espionage type world, and that team would be Speedball. Firebird. Ooh. I would bring in Scar, who is Hulk's son, for those who don't know. He just popped up again in Game of Flight. Um, Mantis would come in as a team telepath. And then I would also bring back Julia Carpenter for this group. And those would be our new secret Avengers. And if I can take them back from Sunspot, I would like to bring in AIM as kind of working as like their big science team. They would still be like working for the good guys, but they would just be working under these secret Avengers because Mockingbird is a biologist and I like to keep her in that realm. Okay. You know, I like AIM, so. <laughs> yeah. But that, that is my reason. All right. I'm into that. Let's put that out to the universe because Mockingbird deserves. I always really liked her. Um, she's great. And she's she was around. Gemini. That is in canon. I don't know how great that is. I don't know. <laughs> and, you know, shout out to Adrian Pilecki also, because she did the damn thing as Mockingbird and Agency. She did. Okay? <laughs> like, she did yes. that I'll never forget that first she episode did. where she came swinging those batons. Baby, I stand. So, yeah. And they did her dirty. They did her dirty by not giving her that spinoff. Because mm-hmm. she deserved it. She woke it up. She, she really, did. like, put Mockingbird, like, on the map with that one. Okay, she was especially when um Chelsea Kane did the like uh feminist shirt for cover for Mockingbird mm-hmm. and then like she yes. did the photo. Hot. 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 That was hot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, you know, if they do any MCU like pulling from the other universes, that's the one I really want. Get Mockingbird in there. And she she really liked the character too. And it seemed she like she had been it. trying to be some kind of action girl. She almost was in that Wonder Woman show. Um, yeah, she, 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 she deserves. Yeah. All right, y'all. So that brings us to the end of the show. But we did want to make an announcement that we will be reading the X Men event Inferno next week. So just make mm-hmm. sure you guys join in for that. Uh, we will be reading X Factor issues uh, 33 through 36 and Uncanny X Men 239 to 241. And um, this will be a lot of fun because I personally think that I haven't read this in a while. I haven't Same. read Inferno in like a couple years, I think. Um, and before that, it was even longer. But I recall really having a feeling that I would like this to be the way the mutants are introduced. Like, I think the Into Marauders the should be. Mm-hmm, I think the Marauders should be the first villains of the mm-hmm. MCU. Mm-hmm. Because. Okay. It's it's different than the Brotherhood, you know. We don't want to repeat the Fox stuff, and the X Men are gonna need somebody to fight. That's not like robots. So that is true. That is true. I'm into. It. I mean, we'll 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 wake that up during the reread portion. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. Inferno's a good one though. It's a fun story. Madeline Pryor has her fans and her detractors. We'll get Child, into this that. This is going to be fun. Oh, I'm God. Sure, <laughs> you know, that whole situation with her, Gene Scott, that's going to be fun to revisit. And um, and it's Halloween month. This is a good and little Polaris spooky season. Polaris is a villain in it. And it's like... Polaris is in it. 
She gets stomped down by Storm, I think, at some point. This is going to be good. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right, y'all. Make sure you check us out anywhere your podcasts are found. You can watch us on YouTube. Um, I'm getting up out of here because I am hungry. And Chipotle is my name. So let's get up out of here. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Peace out. Bye.